0: Hi everyone, you're listening to Laminex Learning Bites. My name is Ace Cadler and I'm the show's host. Laminex Learning Bites returns back after a break with a brand new season, The Future series. We'll be right here to talk about the future with one of our awesome guests. So make sure you tune in every month from wherever you get your podcast fix. Hey Rob, um how do you say your surname? I want to get this right.
1: Uh Galia.
0: Galia. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um just curious. you do you have an Italian background?
1: Uh Maltese.
0: Oh, Maltese. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, Maltese. Oh, that's interesting. Do we have anyone else Maltese in the business? I don't know. Uh,
1: there, no, there's a few. I think I know Rebecca Vellar is. Um I think Sarah Sarah Maguera is. Um,
0: oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Paul Gray. I think is sort of half. I think his father was. So yeah, no, there's a few of us floating around.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know about the other states, but they're just a few that come to mind in uh, in Victoria. So.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know if you know, but um, I'm Turkish. And I only noticed just recently we had a few, I think there's like someone in customer service that joined us Turkish. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, we don't have a lot. I see the names in reports and stuff. Uh, and
1: you can identify by the surname. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. easily. Easily. Yeah, I, I, I um I grew up with a few Turkish people like in our street um back in the yeah, back in the eighties. It's um really? yeah. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the Western suburbs in St Albans, and, yeah, we had a, a Turkish family, you know, two doors down. Um, um, well, definitely had Turkish people at school. Um, yeah, not the majority, but certainly had a few. So
0: Aww.
1: Yeah, but that's that's showing the age, I think. The demographics certainly changed over the last 20, 30, 35 years, I suppose. So.
0: I guess so. I'm not so familiar with Melbourne because I'm originally from Sydney. But- uh, okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't really know. Um, but it feels like, um, yeah, it, it's a bit dispersed now in Melbourne. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I think it might be, yeah. I think, um, as I said, I, I can't think of any sort of, you know, concentrated pockets, whereas back in the 80s you had suburbs where you had a lot of the Vietnamese community, sort of the Maltese, Greeks and Italians tended to, to sort of have other sort of pockets but you're probably right now there's, um, you know, we've got a big Indian community as well that's sort of settling in the areas of the western suburbs so it's starting to thin out and you see that next sort of generation of immigration types coming through um, Yeah, which, which is fine. I think, you know, those those that have issues with it probably need to look back in history, right, because we're all immigrants at some point so you just need to accept the fact that that's just the way it evolves, right? Isn't and, um,
0: it? Yeah. Such a- yeah. Yeah,
1: that's
0: So you've been based in Melbourne your whole life.
1: Yeah, so I I actually I was born in Malta and um, we migrated when I was um, seven. So, yeah, you know, the last 42 years I've been in Melbourne, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so great. Um, Well, Rob, um, so... We're going to get into it, and this is going to be a casual chat, as I promised to you anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll am put my trust in you. You do whatever you want to do, Ace, and I've, I've got confidence in whatever, however you want to use the content, so there's no issue from my end.
0: No, yeah, well, it's all about you, I think. Um, you know, let's celebrate your 30 years at Laminex. It's massive. And I can't wait to find out about you know um, everything you've seen over the years, um, your experience. Um, but let's talk about so currently you're the state sales manager um, for the commercial part of our sales team. So for those who are new at Lumnex or don't know much about our structure, I guess um, uh, so we have the commercial sales team and we have a residential sales team. Uh, So you are the sales manager for commercial um, that covers Victoria and Tasmania and you report directly to Louise Hall, who reports to Sasha.
1: Correct. Yeah, correct. Yep.
0: Amazing. Well, um, okay, I've got a couple of questions to ask you, but I wanted to show you this and I'm sure you've seen this before. Um, And let's see, hopefully... Hopefully that's gonna come across nicely. Uh, so this is our uh welcome to Laminex uh onboarding handbook. And it, it basically takes you through. So if I go, if I go to the homepage, I'm sure you've seen this. So this is what our new starters get when they first start. Uh, oh,
1: I haven't seen it actually. So yeah. Oh really?
0: See, yeah, yeah,
1: cool.
0: So it's basically everything about Laminex in a nutshell. Um See so that's like the Australian map um, with our colour chips. I don't know if you can tell. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me, but um, so this is basically everything you need to know about Laminex before you start. Uh, it tells you a bit about about a history, our culture, um, the values we stand for, um, and the opportunities you have at Laminex. So I want to go to the part that's about our history. So we began in a, a tin shed in Melbourne and then I'm going to go all the way to, okay, so this is like our little timeline.
1: Oh, excellent, yeah.
0: And I basically wanted to show visually how much of like history <laughs> you've seen.
1: Wow, yeah, so I sort of fit in on the top right there, don't mm-hmm. I? I know, so <laughs>
0: what, was it you started in yeah.
1: 1992? No, yeah, 92, yeah.
0: So. Okay. All right. Well, um, uh, for those who can see the screen, basically, well, in 1945, Laminex was founded by Bob Skies, Sykes. Is it Sykes? Sykes, yeah. Yep.
1: Bob Sykes. Sykes.
0: Um, and then in 1952, we began manufacturing laminates, and um, with the first laminate press being installed in Cheltenham, Victoria. Uh, Laminex was the first company to manufacture laminates in Australia, and then in 1970, Ballarat Mill was commissioned to produce more laminates. In 1982, Laminex opens Australia's first MDF mill, established at Wagga Wagga. Do we still have that?
1: No, nah, that was sold off. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly when, but it was yeah probably oh, 15 years ago. Yeah, so that's no, no longer there.
0: Okay. I know this sounds like a bit of a history lesson. No, no,
1: that's all right. No, I love it. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's all good.
0: <laughs> but I thought it's it's really interesting. So, and then um, well, somewhere around here, uh, Rob starts <laughs> working <laughs> for Laminex. So tell me, was that uh, where were you based? What was it like back then? Um, did you start at Doncaster?
1: No, I actually started at um. So it wasn't the DC back then. It was the, the Laminex branch in Tullamarine. So, um, so we're about oh five hundred meters from where MDC is now. So the the site's still there, and you know someone some other business occupies it. But but back then Laminex had four. We still had a branch network. Um, so and apart from the regional branches, we had four metro branches. So we had one in Tullamarine, Bayswater. Uh, we had one in uh, in Dandenong and one in Mulgrave. So I worked out of the the Tullamarine branch, as it was, servicing Melbourne, and I worked as a sales clerk. So, you know, what we call a CSR these days, but, the, the, you know, the title was sales clerk back then.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. What were we selling back then?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot different. Eh? So back then we were selling um, decorated boards. So we sold... Um, you know laminate laminate uh, laminate verdi board and laminate slammy wood which we still do now we sold uh raw board raw particle board and mdf um and we sold um laminate and glue and d handles and that was it we didn't sell anything else so unless i'm missing something but it was a much more simplified offer we didn't have uh we didn't have doors you know we didn't have um You know, some of the fantastic products like we do today with partitioning systems and, you know, wall linings and all of those things. A very, very simple board and panel offer.
0: Would you say it was easier back then?
1: I think, yeah, look, it probably was in the sense of, um, you know, you didn't have... it didn't have the complexity of of, of what we do. And, and I think that's probably a challenge, especially for young people coming into the business and, and learning it. So it was easier in in the sense of, you know, you, you picked up, um you know, the product knowledge side of things and the business process because the business wasn't as, as big and complex as what it is today. So, yeah, in that sense it was.
0: Yeah. And then when, because uh, we ended up having how many thousand SKUs again,
1: yeah, plenty. Couldn't say off the top of my head, but there's plenty.
0: See, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Whereabouts did that happen?
1: It's a massive number. Yeah, I think when you bring in products like, like doors, you know, because with doors we make everything to. You know, to, to specific sizes, you start really extending the amount of, of SKUs that you have online and then, you know, other products, which is a good thing. We, you know, expanded what our range was and we we remained relevant to the market and looked at different opportunities. But, yeah, that certainly, you know, blew out the number of SKUs that we uh, we have as a business if we look at it now compared to what it was back then.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. So, um, tell us about you. So, how were you? Um, how was the Rob back then? Um, when you first started working for us, what were your hopes, your dreams?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I actually, uh, I, I came to Laminox with the intention of working for twelve months. I was actually at university at the time, doing um doing a, a teaching degree, so oh, I, you know, I was studying to become a primary school teacher, and yeah, look, halfway through my second year, I thought, I need just need a bit of a break. Um, I wanted to, you know, earn some money, do a bit of travel, all the, all the gap year type things that many people do, so I, I deferred and thought, I just want to find some work, and um, so that was a mindset I came to lamin with, but um, I, I really enjoyed it, and, you know, after... 12 months when it was time to go back to school I thought I don't really want to go back I, I like what I'm doing and I think there was enough uh, in my opinion enough opportunity with this business to to stay and learn and and I never went back and and, and you know what in hindsight I'm, I'm really glad I didn't so no,
0: you're uh, kidding so yeah. you're gonna finish the degree
1: no no I never finished the degree so oh. <laughs> Yeah, did 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 a lot of other training within this business relevant yeah. to what we do, but no, I never went back and and finished that degree, but but I I don't regret it. You know, if I look if I look back at what I've been able to achieve and experience, probably more importantly, working with this business, I'm 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 hundred uh, percent happy with the decision that I made. Oh
0: wow! Well, you you basically, I mean. Um studied uh, laminx. <laughs> you um <laughs> what would you say you um graduated i mean you would say you did your postgraduate in lamnex studies oh my Lamin-X
1: god and the in the building industry yeah and, yeah. and all the, the components of the you know market segments that we sell in so um yeah so that's that's how i sort of uh, how the you know the the, the opportunity came about with laminex, and you know the rest is history isn't it
0: oh wow yeah no but we're gonna unpack that history i mean because you said so okay you started in a role that's kind of equivalent to a csr role today um and then where did you go from there
1: yeah so I, i did that for a i think it was you know two or three years and then there was an opportunity um to to apply for a merchandiser's role so um the merchandiser at the time went on maternity leave and I spoke to my boss at the time and thought, "Yeah, I'd like to, to do this just to get out of the office and experience something different. So, so I did that and, um, and that, that became permanent. Um, you know, the, the, the maternity leave um, that she never came back. She, um, she left the business after, after having, having her child. And so I did that for, for a few years. And then, it progressed, did you want me to go through all of the, the roles now? or One went to the other, or
0: whereabouts are we now? So, um, okay, according to our timeline in 996, do you remember the Gimpy expanding?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's okay. a fair bit of money um, spent on gimpy and, and the improvements. Yeah, oh, that must so. Be yeah, so it was about '96 when I took on that merchandisers role. So you're probably oh. still on that uh, on that card. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And what happened after that? Yeah, then I sort of moved into a, a trade representatives role, and that was actually replacing um, one of our current employees, Paul Gray, who's the the, state, the the sob for for Vic.
0: Oh, no way.
1: Yeah. So Paul got uh, promoted into a similar role to what he's doing now. I can't remember what the title was. So I was fortunate enough to step in the, into that role. And that was around, you know, 98, I think, something like that. Um, yeah. So I, I took that on back then. And and I think between then and um, maybe 2002, um, yeah, I, I did a couple of things all in that sort of same similar role. And then, um then what happened at around, so around 99, actually, we, mm. the Laminx business integrated with uh, Formica. So we bought the Formica brand from CSR as it was.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And that meant there was some restructuring. So the sales roles changed and, you know, um, I think by memory, we all, uh, we all had to apply for what was available. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be given an account manager's role, which was like a newly created role at that time. And and here's a quirky fact that was um, it was really challenging because we still we had our sales reps operating as a single branded, so they were either Laminex or Formica. So we had a duplication of roles. So we had people working out of the same office, going to the same customer, but one would have a Laminex. Card and one would be representing for Mica.
0: Ah, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, but but the account manager's role, which which I had one of, that was dual branded. So we carried two business cards, and and this might seem a little bit silly, but at the time we were clearly instructed that you know if it was a a for customer that was you know heavily weighted towards for we were representing for and we gave the for card, and vice versa if they were Lehman XA. So, that was the strategy at the time which you know obviously didn't work out and we we changed so yeah.
0: oh that's interesting oh some really interesting facts are coming out here
1: yeah. and I also
0: <laughs> want to ask like since you're um so we're around the early 2000 years now um but obviously doing business back then was different you didn't have mobile phones did you I mean you had emails I guess and yeah, what, so, laptop or desktop computers? How 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 was it? I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, well, when we first That's... started, so if we go back to the start, um, yeah, the reps did not have mobile phones. Um, they certainly didn't have laptops. Um, you know, so all the, the call, calling was done on sort of call cards, the manual call cards, even when I was merchandising. So my first exposure to to repping was, um, was done manually. So you had a call card, you put the date, you put your comment. So that was our Salesforce as it was then. It was just all manual on call cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know the exact timing, but we, um, we introduced our, our first CRM, which was called CAPT before Salesforce, and that stood for Customer and Project Tracking. And that was around, I don't know exactly, probably around 2002, something like that. You know, early 2000s. But prior to that, yeah, there was um, certainly no no laptops. Um, uh, yeah, everyone in, inside worked on uh, on PCs. Um, yeah, mobile phones were, were introduced somewhere during that period. You know, initially, again, this is before I went out on the road, the reps had their own, you know, we called them bricks, the, the big phones with the big wires that you would carry inside and out, and some had them hardwired to their computers. But the first... Um, the first business issued uh, Nokia's were you know the the analog phones and they were around sort of 96, I think, when I was merchandising. So yeah, it's certainly a different oh time my base. Gosh. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. that's crazy. Oh my God, when you think about it now, I mean, we've got obviously laptops, you've got Teams, and you've got your mobile phone. So if you can't reach someone on Teams, you call them, you text them. I can't even I can't even imagine what it be what what it would be like. Um, but- yeah,
1: it's a, it's a big change. Like I, even myself, if I thought you know, all of a sudden we flicked the switch, and even for, for us that worked in that environment, it would be it would be unbelievably challenging to try and go back to a, a world. I mean, just think of the mobile phone. You know, it's you're accessible. Now, if you need to do something, you do it now. Imagine not having it. Imagine you had to pull over and actually go to a mobile phone box and ring someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even that process, what's the phone number? You don't have a mobile phone where it's stored. You need to grab it out of your, your diary or your Teledex and try and you know, find what the number is. So um, yeah, we've certainly evolved significantly in that sort of you know, technological space over the, over the journey.
0: Yeah, do you reckon like in well, in terms of output, we're we're definitely producing a lot more, like we're getting a lot more work done, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you, I mean, you, yeah, but by far, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And who okay. knows what's going to happen in the future? We're going to look back at Beesies and be like, oh, you know, that was so um, uh, old school. How are we, how are we dealing with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if you do that historically, you look back in time, you always see, you know, that you've come such a long way. But, yeah, you're right, in, in 20 years' time, we'll look back and, and probably think the same, right? That's the, um, yeah, and and that probably changed significantly at the turn of the you know, last century of the, you know, when we hit the 1900s, that's when we've exponentially uh, progressed from a technicolo- technology um, um, point of view.
0: Yeah, so interesting. Okay, so we're in the early 2000 years. So um, then we were acquired by Fletcher Building. Remember that?
1: Uh, Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were acquired by um, Fletcher Building, certainly do. Um, So my role then, I think at the time I was a a spec rep, so I'd gone in the spec. um, That was something that I hadn't actually done um, and it was – it was a good time when when we were acquired by Fletcher Building. I think our previous um, owner, which was, uh, I believe, Amatec or CVC Holdings at, at the time, there was a bit of uncertainty in the business. Everyone sort of knew that that was a short-term acquisition and the intent was for the business to be sold off. So um, there was a lot of relief by people at the time when we were bought by Fletcher's, uh, you know, Fletcher's been the business that that he is, um, and the history that it's had. It was uh, fairly well accepted by um, by the group that uh, we were bought by a, a reputable business, and you know the the intention for the, the plans for Laminex was certainly long term, and history shown that right. So we're twenty years down the track, and we're still uh, still owned by Fletcher's, and they're still heavily investing in our business.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, and then so how many roles have you done by now?
1: Yeah, so from up until 2002, we've sort of had, you know, mm-hmm. sales clerk, I think, um, yeah, merchandiser, sales rep. So it's probably four or five at that point. Yeah, <laughs> so there's been a few.
0: That's awesome. And, I mean, you've seen leadership change over time as well and how, like, that changes the business drastically, doesn't it? Um how and that's a lot of change you have to deal with like you you must be someone so resilient because I mean we know by human nature most people are resistant to change how did you deal with um you know adapt to this different leadership each time or different kind of work environment I mean we all had to go through change through COVID obviously recently um but what do you say about that what kind of kept you going
1: yeah, I think my, my perspective has always been that, um, you know, the intention of change is always good, right? Like um, people don't change things with the intent that it's it's going to be bad. So, um, uh, you know, whilst we might have this deep-seated um, initial reaction or, you know, Justin calls it bias, and, and I agree, um, that we, we don't want to change, um, the reality is change is inevitable and you've got to, You've just got to accept that it's the intention is good and you, you, you go with the flow and you look at it as a positive thing. And then if uh, if there's various aspects that that aren't so good, then you have confidence that the business will make the right decisions. And I think in the main, that's, that's generally happened, right, if you look yeah. at it from any perspective, if we've brought out a product and it hasn't worked out, well, you know, we pull it out, we learn from it and we move on and we do something else. So that's always been my sort of, you know, mental attitude to it, that accept change whilst you may not like it initially. The intention is that it's being done for the right reasons and and, and we'll benefit from that in the long run.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, and then I, I wanted to ask you about, so, I mean, we obviously had teams across the whole nation um, and I can't imagine there would be, um, you know, cross-collaboration, cross-functional collaboration back then. Was that even a thing or like communicating with other teams in other states? How how did that work in?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I think we really did operate um, independently or, you know, in that sort of silo. Um, environment by state so you had um, you know Victoria New South Wales and and I didn't know half the people so you had yeah, you definitely operated independently um, and, and you never got to very rarely got to meet um, you know anyone else that worked in another in mm-hmm. another state um, and and that that's got its challenges, right? And I think we've certainly addressed that in a really good way, especially since COVID hit, um, because you had a lot of inconsistencies in the way we were doing things as a business, and 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 you didn't get to capitalise on good things that other states were doing because you just didn't know. Um, you know, your world was your state, um, and and that was it. But um, yeah, so that's been a definite positive, you know, we talk about change and improvement. That's been a big positive over the journey, and the, the, the way the business is structured now. Uh, we're aligned, you know, the strategy is the same regardless of where you are. So if you work in commercial, we've got one strategy, residential's got one strategy, and yeah, you, we make some um, alterations by state as we need to, If um, but, but we're working to the same um, to the same strategy consistently, which is really positive.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, and then we're coming, well, um, we're kind of approaching the recent years now. We had our biggest product range updated in 2017. Was that the colour collection?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, absolutely. I think that might have been Skittles, yeah. That's what we called Skittles. I think if I'm getting the timing right, yeah. so. I haven't
0: heard that term in a while. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure that was around the timing of, of Skittles here yeah, and that was significant. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, so I was um, in 2017, I was actually uh, in the branch networks. So I was looking after the, yes. uh, the sites in Geelong and Ballarat. Yeah, so um, and, and, you know, that was a really good opportunity for me that the business gave me and I, I did that for, you know, many years um, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, gave me some really good exposure to different elements as, uh, rather than just sales. You know, you had your, your own little distribution network and your CSRs, and, and that obviously changed towards the end before we, we integrated it um, to the, the call centre setup. up. But that um, was a really, really good and exciting time. And I think, you know, anyone that's worked in that branch network would sort of, you know, have some fond memories of, of that, um, you know, close family type structure that we had.
0: Yeah, um, and then so we had the restructure, um, uh, and that's around when I started actually, two
1: thousand nineteen. <laughs> oh, there you go. So you're well on your way too, Ace.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously, um, uh, well, then you transitioned. I mean, I guess you've your your role has changed since then. Again, after the restructure, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. So, um, when the restructure happened, uh, you know, we're still. Uh, essentially a, a regional or a state type setup with a you know the regional a regional manager and then yeah the the restructure meant that you know we had that aligned national strategy that i referred to when you know started reporting into louise who heads the um the commercial team and that's you know that's, it's just been a remarkable two and a half years in what um, the business has achieved it's as i said it's um you know, a, a consistent strategy um, driven by um, by a team reporting to one person so you can maintain that, that strategy. And it's been a really exciting time, you know, um, probably, you know, one of the most significant changes, but you definitely see the, you know, see the benefit. And back to your earlier point, you're actually really uh, close to your colleagues in the other states. I mean, we communicate. You know, multiple times weekly through you know through this format, um, and and that's something that yeah, we just never had, um, and that's been a, a real positive of you know what's been probably a pretty ordinary time with COVID. So yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: it's been a really good um, you know a silver lining to to some of the decisions that the businesses the businesses had to make.
0: Yeah, that's right, and that that's well there you go, and we're in twenty twenty. Uh... 2022. Um, We obviously moved to work from anywhere. Um, Well, since then, we've also invested in the Cheltenham plant. We've acquired Monkland. That's 30 years for you. That's crazy. Um, Well, thank you so much for taking us through that um, historical journey. What do you think was your highlight um what was a highlight in your career what was your golden moment if you just reflect um for a little bit did a little reflection piece just here
1: uh I think um look there's been a lot of a lot of highlights and I've always seen it as you know and I'm flattered that you're doing this right but I've always seen it as um I've I've um I I owe the the business for giving me the opportunities that it has over the over the journeys, and there's been plenty of them in those roles. So, um, you know, looking after the responsibility of looking after a team of people um, and, in essence, their success. So if I think about that, it's probably the first time that I went into a role, and one I forgot to mention actually before I went down to the – was looking after the spec team in in Melbourne back in – yeah, I don't know, it was probably – 2003, 4, somewhere around that timeline, because it was the first time that I was, um, you know, entrusted with having staff. Um, and uh, I, I definitely always looked at that as a, as a privilege um, and, a, and a lot of responsibility. And then if if I look at what transpired after that, it obviously gave me the other opportunities within the business. Um, but that that would have to be probably the key turning point or highlight. Yeah.
0: Oh that's amazing. Yeah, I mean we could clearly see that you basically grew with Luminex, I mean having left your studies halfway. So what teacher were you going to um uh, become? Uh, so I was
1: doing primary school teaching. Primary school so teaching. Was, um, yeah, I was um yes, doing oh. primary school teaching and majoring in um, physical education, yeah.
0: So. Okay. Cuz yeah. my other question was um well if you weren't in sales, what
1: well, well it's a different answer to that actually. okay yeah. so so my um my what I always wanted to do was fly airplanes so when I uh, finished school uh, the first thing I did and I'd plan to do was apply to um, to uh, to the Air Force to become a, a pilot but that was unsuc- unsuccessful and I quite openly say that I was absolutely no good I, I failed with flying colors and was told to come back in oh. 12 months um, and then I went to uni after that but if I um yeah if I, ideal job I suppose I'd uh, yeah love to be flying airplanes
0: oh wow oh yeah. wow but, well you gave it a shot
1: yeah definitely tried and you know like everything else if it doesn't work out you just dust yourself off and do something else So, uh, which is which is fine yeah so,
0: that's it um, and Rob, what would you say you love? Um, you loved the most about working at Laminex?
1: Yeah, that, definitely the people, um, and and the culture. So you know, if you if I look back over that, those years met many you know fantastic characters, um, made some lifelong friends, and you know a lot of people have moved on, but there's you know certain individuals that I still keep in contact with. Um, had some really good experiences. Um. Uh, over the journey and and if if I you know consider all of that 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 all helps to influence who you are and it influences decisions and your career so definitely you know the people and the culture and and it took me a while to realize that what we have is is pretty unique in this business that's probably one of the downsides of you know because you've been somewhere for so long you don't you don't really have a good perspective of what other businesses uh. <laughs> are doing, but but I see that when I interview people, and I always sort of ask, "Why Laminex? Why do you want to work for Laminex? And why you why are you leaving?" And when you listen to some of the some of the answers, um, I, I often think, you know, what we've got, you know, a really good culture in this business, and I think I think it's fairly unique because. Um, when you talk to other other people, as I just mentioned, then, there's plenty of businesses that don't have that. so definitely the you know the people and the culture is the is the main thing for me.
0: I agree, I agree. and um I mean, I haven't had a huge career like yours, obviously, but um I would say from my experience, I feel like we're not your usual like corporate snobs at all, right. No. Um, it's it's very different. And when you meet face-to-face, like, you can feel that even more. Um, but we're able to keep um, the great culture and the connection virtually as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, have to say. Um, yeah,
1: and, and you, th- you know, you see some of the things that the business is doing now. Um, you know, the recent um, policy of, um, you know, I don't know the, the wording, the maternity leave policy where you know it's that how good is that, you know, and I was fortunate enough to have one of my staff members went on maternity leave that week. And, you know, to see the the joy that brought her to think, you know, I'm I'm going on maternity leave, I'm gonna get paid for six months. I get to come back and work a four-day week to transition back from you know being at home with my child to back to work. How many other businesses are doing that now? You know, I'll tell you, exactly. oh, I, I don't know of any. So, um, that's again part of that, you know, culture and the business wanting to to um, to be an employer of choice. One hundred
0: percent. So, the new parental leave policy was introduced at yeah. your building, um, and it gives you know the primary carer, so it could be the mum or the dad, um, uh, the primary carer. Um, in any case, uh, six months of full pay, and that's a very generous offer. Oh, it's, um,
1: it's, I, I, I actually had to read it twice. I, yeah. I thought, no, no, that's I've got to read that again. That can't be right. But that's that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, we should be, which we are, you know, um, publicising that from the rooftops. That's that's an excellent reason. Um, you know, to, to consider Labnix as an employer. I think.
0: Oh, 100%. And, and there are some um, additional benefits to that as well, which um, anyone listening, if you're interested, just let us know and we'll get back to you on that. Um, okay, Rob, another question for you is um, any words of wisdom for someone who's just starting at Laminex? Um, I mean, because we're like a business with you know, a whole heap of history, um, but actually, we'll be starting in any new job could be daunting. Um, but Laminex, especially what typical what's a kind of a typical advice you'd like to give to someone?
1: Yeah, I think, and you know, I look, I always say it to, you know, to new starters in my team is to, you know, be inquisitive and, and be vocal. Um, you know, we we are complex in in the offer that that we have. So um and I'm always mindful that someone coming in, perhaps without that Building industry experience might be a little bit intimidated, so just ask lots of questions. There's uh, there's plenty of good people resource that that can help you and, and give you that advice, and and certainly be vocal. You know, I think um, I'm always mindful. Again, maybe some of my shortfalls, having been in the one business for so long, is I don't have the you know the horizons and the, the, the experience that certain other people have. So I always encourage people that are new in my team. So if you see something that you think can be improved, then speak up, you know, we want that, we want that information. Um, and if you see something that's not right, speak up as well. So yeah, that that's that's always my advice. So yeah, be inquisitive and be vocal.
0: Love that, Rob. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up. This is a um, Rob's... A uh, 30 year anniversary celebration special interview. <laughs> um, finally, okay, uh, I would like to ask you: Can you describe Laminex in one word?
1: Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, it's a, and that's and i you know that that's uh-huh. for me. You know, if I look back, it's a great business, given me fantastic opportunities. Um, Fantastic career development. So, yeah, that, that's how I would describe it.
0: From,
1: awesome. From perspective. Yeah.
0: Nice and simple. <laughs> Love <laughs> yeah, it. Thank you so luck. much for your time, Rob. That was um, that was great and such an interesting chat. I'm sure um, people listening or watching us is going to appreciate that, um, especially for those who don't have all the history. Um, I uh, hope you enjoyed the chat as well.
1: No, I did thoroughly. And, and thank you for your time. Hopefully it, <laughs> um, it brings some, uh, some insights to, to others listening. So I really appreciate the, the time, Ace. Thank you.